0: Well, sure glad you came today. Good to see you. I I just count your pastors as dear friends. We, uh, The the way they think, normal. I mean, don't you love it? You can invite anybody to church and you know they're going to get a meal about what Jesus did for them and they're going to see Jesus in a new light and it'll be normal. Won't be weird, won't be goofy, won't be strange. Isn't that peaceful? You know you can bring a stranger or a friend and know they're going to be changed because you can't come hang out with Jesus and not stay the same. Everything about him will lift you up. It'll strengthen you. If you've been depressed, you won't be depressed anymore. If if you've had a hard life, he'll fix your life. He'll fix everything. There's nothing that when you expose Jesus to that part of your life, it fixes it. I call him the quicker fixer-upper. Hallelujah. Amen. And what a time to watch verse after verse after verse come to pass. Isn't it crazy? I mean, you, you, you got more verses written about what it would look like uh, right before the coming of the Lord than anything in the Bible. Why would the Lord go to so much trouble? So you'd have a heads up. So you wouldn't come to the very end all of a sudden, wow, I'm, 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 I'm about to be raptured? Yeah, you're about to be raptured. Why would that be a big deal? You, you change your life. You have some different priorities. You don't fit church into your life. It is your life. <laughs> In other words, because right now, if it's convenient, then I'll come hear the word. No, there's something about hearing the word, the incorruptible seed. When it's sown, it grows up and it becomes. Think of where all of us would be if we we hadn't been hearing the word all of our lives. Oh, come on. You've got friends you work with, and they're scared. They don't know what's going on. We know exactly what's going on. Jesus is just about to come back. So we'll get into some of that today, we, especially what's happening with Ukraine, what's happening with Russia. We'll talk about for that for a few minutes. I'm going to try to break it up into segments so that it isn't too much like a fire hydrant. It's a semi-fire hydrant, but it'll bless you. It'll encourage you. There is no bad news for the church. If you hear end-time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. There you go. That went over real good, but it's true. Uh, it's a, there's, there's something about hearing the Word. Now, what's it all about? How many of you were excited the night before you got married? I hope there will be a few more hands, (laughs) wow, seven people, wow. If you weren't excited the night before you got married, something's wrong. I mean, think of the excitement. You're, you're, it's, it's time to, to be, be with your wife. and, and, you're, and I, I talk about it this way with Colleen. Could you imagine Colleen, I'm standing there, and she's walking down the aisle, and I'm standing there like this, and Colleen's walking down the aisle all bent over like this. Oh, my God, I'm going to marry that guy. Here we go. Another one bites the dust. Now, that would be kind of weird if she's walking like that, depressed. No, i want her happy. And that's why Jesus said, lift up your heads your redemption's drawing nigh, indicating you could be downtrodden right before you're about to see him. That'd be like being bummed out right before you get married. What's, getting, what's happening next week? I'm getting married. No, no. Why would, it, why, why would you want to hear about the coming of the Lord? Well, you'd be kinder tonight if you thought he was coming tonight. You, you, could you imagine right after the rapture? What were you doing the night before the rapture? I was chewing out all my friends. Hey, what are you doing? No, there's something about knowing Jesus is about to come back. It fixes things. My mother used to say that, the rapture is going to happen tonight. Man, 1970, 71, 72, I went to bed every night. Lord, I love you. I mean, you talk about covering your bases. I mean, my mom did that just to make sure that I was going to obey God. But there's something wonderful about we're going to go from faith to sight. We're going to go from faith to sight. These songs we sing about how much we love him, we honor him, all of a sudden we're going to see him as he is, high and lifted up. With his train filling the temple. There's nothing can be said to you right now on the planet to get you ready to all of a sudden to hear his voice thundering throughout heaven. Wow. And looking like lightning. Ezekiel saw him, said he was a fire from the loins up and a fire from the loins down. Habakkuk said there were shafts of light shooting out of his side and there was the hiding of his power. We, there, that one minister, I can't remember the guy's name, that went home to be with the Lord. He was in a car wreck, and uh, he came back to life in the morgue. How'd you like to be working in the morgue? And he was, he was in heaven for like four days, and uh, uh, all of a sudden he had a sunrise. He goes, I hadn't even thought about the sun coming up in heaven. How weird is that? And it was Jesus walking up over the hill. It wasn't the sun, it was it was the king. Uh, amen. So we're gonna see him face to face. So it's sure good to be with you. Let's let's get into it this morning. We'll talk a little bit about what's happening right now, and then we'll talk about the signs that we're seeing. Then we'll skip over a little bit into the rapture, and then we'll just see how far we get, maybe into some other things, because he wants to encourage you, he wants to bless you. He's so good, it freaks me out. Preach I've seen more miracles the last few years preaching on end times than when I preached on miracles all the time. Let me give you a couple real quick before we get into the Word, because these these will bless you. These are crazy. I was in Mattoon, Illinois. Now, Mattoon's kind of a famous place, because that's where Bruce Black's from, that's where Ross Roberts is from, Jeff Walker, different pastors over the years that are friends of mine. Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, Their pastor's name is Ed and Maribel Stevens. I say that because I had a word of knowledge at the end that someone had a metal plate in their head. I have weird words of knowledge, you know what I'm saying? So the Lord said, there's someone here, you have a metal plate in your head. I called it out and I said, you're healed. This lady came walking up after the service. I'm standing there talking to Pastor Edward like that. She walks up, she goes, I have a, 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 I have a screw loose in my head. I said, Excuse me? <laughs> She goes, oh. I said, what? She goes, I have a screw loose. I said, I think we all have a screw loose, but anyway. She goes, no, no, I have, literally have a loose screw in my head. I go, how do you know? She goes, I can shake my head. I can feel it. The doctors put this metal plate in my head, and one of the bolts came loose. He wants to take me back in, open my, the flap up on my head, and tighten that bolt back. She said, when you called that out, I felt it go, whoop, it tightened up right in my head. I said, are you kidding me? How crazy is that? So God's so cool, he'll, he'll fix your loose screw. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I was in Seminole, Texas just a couple weeks ago, and I had a word of knowledge. I can't even remember what they all were. One was someone had uh, uh, digestive trouble, someone you had uh, your whiplash. This woman wasn't there in the service. Someone gave her a DVD of the service about five days later. She had been in a car wreck. She listened to that word of knowledge from five days earlier. Instantly, her neck was healed. They went and had a meal, and her husband said, you know what? You're eating stuff you're not even supposed to eat right now. She goes, you know why? I got healed. Listen to that DVD. So that was a week later, she wasn't even in the service and gets healed. How cool is that? God's just good. His mercy endures forever. His mercy, his mercy endures forever. I'll give you one more. I probably told you this one last year. This is about a year and a half ago. I was in South Carolina. I had a word of knowledge that someone's back got healed and knees got healed. That's common. People have trouble like that. Didn't think anything about it. I said, there's somebody here at the inside of your nose got healed. You had some kind of damage on the inside. This man, about six foot five, six, six, at the end of the service, said, Hey, can I say something? I didn't know him, but I was Okay. I went ahead and let him to pr- say something. He goes, Hey, I don't know you. I don't, I don't know anything about you. He said, But I'm healed. You call those things out. I'm healed in my body. My wife had just had brain surgery. They went up through the inside of her nose, but when they did, they severed the inside of her nose. She hadn't been able to breathe because the blood had clotted where it was severed. She said, She texted me when you called that out. She wasn't in the room. Texted me and said, I can breathe perfectly not even in the meeting, and God healed the inside of her nose. His mercy endures forever. Come on. Think where you'd be without his mercy this morning. Come on. Aren't we grateful? Aren't we thankful he died for us? Oh, come on. Death couldn't hold him down. Hallelujah. Let's pray when we get right into the word. Father, thank you for what you have for us right here before your return. We thank you for the events that are happening right now that, that shape up the different signs that are in the Bible that show us we're about to see Jesus. Help us make adjustments. Help us make changes. Help us accelerate as we see the finish line. Father, we will run faster. I thank you for blessing every household, every person that came this morning. We thank you for it, Lord. We, we, we magnify you, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. We're amazed that you gave your life for us. And Father, the destiny that you have for every person in this room, we thank you for a a thought pattern to walk with you, to speak for you, to minister for you. Every person in this room being spokesman for God, we thank you for it. We give you glory. We give you honor and give you praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. amen. You know, let's talk a little bit about what's kind of going on right now. As you open your Bibles there, go to Luke 21. Uh, it's really amazing to hear pe- different people say different things like, what's going on right now? Well, it's a setup for the Ezekiel 38 war. What's happening with the Ukraine? say, so why is the Ukraine a big deal? Well, the Bible says that Russia is going to come down on Israel, but it really calls it uh, come from the north. And if you take a straight line from, the, from Israel and go straight north, you hit the Ukraine. So Russia doesn't have to have the Ukraine to go down against Israel because the Bible says to hang with you, this is amazing. Everything that's happening right now is to let you know God's getting ready to deal with Israel in such a radical way. He's brought Israel back to her land. He's courted her. But all of a sudden, when Russia comes down on Israel, God's going to wipe out 82% of them. The Bible said five-sixths of them will be pushed back so that the heathen may know that he is God. So in this dispensation, God has intervened for Israel. God gave the church authority. Hitler killed six million Jews and prospered because, see, God's not mad at anybody right now. Well, it gets quiet when you say that. Hitler killed six million Jews, and Germany prospered because God's not grading people right now. We're in the dispensation of grace. God's going to take the church off the earth because we have so much authority and pay Israel back seven years of Old Covenant time. And during that time, man, he plays rat-a-tat-tat with his baseball bat. Russia comes down on Israel, and God goes, no, you won't, I'm going to protect Israel. So he's brought Israel back to court her. Why? So he can do just like this. He can present himself to his brethren just like Joseph did. And that's what Jesus is getting ready to do, present himself to his brethren. So everything that you see happening with all the nations and everything, I mean, specifically right now, I mean, there is so many signs happening right now. I have on my phone a picture of, think of the nations that are listed in the Ezekiel 38 war and how they've been basically aligning themselves. I have a photograph of the president of Turkey, the president of Iran, and president of Russia, Putin, holding hands, uh, literally making an agreement. The Arab nations that don't attack Israel, this last week they signed even new peace agreements because they're not going to attack Israel, so they're making peace agreements with Israel. The ones that are going to attack Israel are showing their true colors. Iran said last week he's proud of Putin for, for invading the Ukraine. How insane is that? <laughs> so you're, you're seeing the true colors of people. You're seeing even Putin, you see him almost seem like a madman, like he's lost his mind. The, the, the president of Iran did the very same thing I watched an interview with him a couple years ago on 60 Minutes And as he was talking, I thought, you know what? Everything he said was a lie And a pastor friend of mine called me and said Hey, I just watched an interview with the president of Iran It seemed like Lucifer was speaking through him I said, that's exactly what I thought Everything he said was not true So you're living when all this stuff is coming together so we don't get scared about it. We get excited about it. Jesus said just before the tribulation, there'd be, uh, he said there would be birth pains. Nation would rise against nation. This is Matthew 24. Not the tribulation, just before the tribulation. He said it would be the beginning of sorrows. We don't use that word anymore. That's the word birth pains. Or we would say contractions. But how many of you ladies, when you started going into labor and your contractions started, did you go, these are the coolest contractions I've ever had? No. No, you don't focus on the contractions. You focus on the baby. After the baby was born, did you talk about the contractions a lot? No. You're so excited the child is there. We should be excited because we're about to see the kingdom. Oh, come on. There's as much pressure as there is on the world right now. Everything is a setup because we're about to see the kingdom. So Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. <laughs> There's five things about the coming of the Lord. He said, don't be troubled. Don't be deceived. I would not have you to sorrow as others that have no hope. So he wants you happy, hopeful, not deceived, not troubled. And he wants you comforted. There is no bad news for the church. We talked about it back there. The only time Jesus ever rebuked the crowd was he said, hey, you can tell your hour of your visitation. I mean, you can tell what the weather going to be because of the clouds, but you don't know your hour of visitation. He always rebuked the Pharisees, but that was the only time he ever rebuked the crowd. He wanted them to know. Now, hang with me. We talked about this last night. We were talking over dinner. I was eating so much because it takes a lot of food to maintain this weight. (laughs) So I was talking about when Jesus walked into town, demons instantly started crying out, Have you come to torment us before the time? So number one, instant submission. Jesus didn't even have to say, he didn't have to say a word. The minute Jesus walked into town, the demons started freaking out. And they also knew the time. Have you come to torment us before the time? See, Jesus is on a schedule. He was early. It wasn't time for them to get tormented. So if demons can know the schedule, how much more the church Come on, you are not in darkness so this day would overtake you as a thief. Paul said, Come on, it's not going to take you, take you by surprise. Why? Because there's sign after sign after sign after sign after sign showing us where we are. I have a book coming out, I believe it's in May, on end times. There's 80 some odd signs in the book showing you where you are. One of the couple of the publishers, he, he didn't really believe in all this stuff, and he went through this stuff, and he goes, he goes I can't believe this. Because they have to fact, fact check every single sign that you get into and have to put all this stuff with it. And he goes, oh, my God, after about 35, up into 45, into 55, I, I turned into a believer. Because I can't argue with how flawless these are that show us that Jesus is about to come back to the earth. Wow. It preaches to us. Why would we want to hear that? So we accelerate. I hear people go, well, you don't need to preach on the coming of the Lord. Tell a quarterback at the last couple minutes of a football game, don't show me the play clock. What happens if you don't see the play clock? The time runs out and you haven't got your plays in. So time is running out right now. And as you see the play clock, you go, I got to make some changes. I'm about to see the king. And they're not bad things. They're great things. There's wonderful things ahead. We We should be so excited that people tell us to break that pill in half. Like, whatever you're on, take, take it down a notch. <laughs> Amen, just, just crazy happy, because Jesus is just about to come. So all the things that are happening right now with the Ukraine, as horrible as that is, it's kind of in the cards getting ready for Russia to come down on Israel, and that's called the Ezekiel 38 war. The main players of that are Russia, Iran and Turkey, those are the main players. And you see the, the alliance that they have gotten together right now because the, the, them going in, Russia going into the Ukraine is not Ezekiel 38. It's a precursor to Ezekiel 38. So let me just tell you, you have all the players on the field. You know, I'm a, f- a football freak. and you know, Before the game starts, you know, they're, you got, they're punting some. The quarterback's throwing some balls, you know, and they're kicking some field goals. So you've got a little bit of time. You see them line up on the 35-yard line. You know, the, the game's about to start. You know, up, when they line up on 35, you don't know, go, what are they doing? You know exactly what they're doing. The game's about to start, about to be a kickoff. So when Russia sets itself up in position like this, you know that the Ezekiel 38 war is getting ready to happen. Now, the big thing about this is that happens after the rapture. Okay? So if you're seeing the setup for that, that means that we're going to be raptured soon. Okay, Why does that happen after the rapture? In this dispensation, God doesn't intervene. He takes the church off the earth, and it's seven years of old covenant time, and he intervenes for Israel over and over and over again. Wow. So whether we're comfortable with it or not, you're about to leave the planet. Wow. I guess I'll go preach in the foyer. Here we go. Okay, so what the deal is, is uh, Jesus is ready to come. Good to see you. Bless you. (laughs) I'll come find somebody who wants to hear the message. I'll go out here. <laughs> Anybody out here in the foyer you want to hear? Nope, don't want to hear out here? Right, you should come on in here. We're having church. Good to see you guys. Bless you. What are you doing with that? No, just kidding. Come on. No, you know, there, there should be such an excitement, such a joy, such a strength, such a boldness that comes with knowing Jesus is about to come. Not wondering. Not sensing, and let's let's look at it. This will show us how we can know this. Because let me just say something, don't get mad at me. Every time you get bold about saying you can tell when the Lord's coming back, it freaks people out. Just okay, that'd be like saying, I have no idea when I'm gonna get to Des Moines. You're on the freeway, I just can't tell when I'm gonna get there. The signs show you how many miles you are from Des Moines to show you how close you are. The signs don't freak you out, they bring you peace. I'm headed toward Des Moines. You don't go, oh, my God, it's horrible. The signs showed me I'm almost to a Des Moines. No, it's your destination's coming in front of you, and you know you're getting closer and closer. That's what the signs are for. Not to scare you, not to freak you out, but to bring you peace. So go to Luke 21. Grab your Bibles. Go to Luke 21, and we'll start with verse 24. It's page 108 if you've got a Bible like mine. So let's start with verse 24 of Luke 21. They'll fall by the edge of the sword, and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden out of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Man, there's so much said right there, it freaks me out. Jesus basically tied timing to a city being won back. And we know it. Uh, When Jerusalem was won back, Jesus said, hey, when you see that, uh, the times of the Gentiles is pretty much up. That's a pretty big deal. We, we've talked about the Six-Day War over and over here at the church in 1967. What happened? It was called the Six-Day War. Israel was surrounded uh, by Libya, by Syria, uh, by Egypt, and, and Israel won the war. It was a miracle. Six-Day War. We're at the end of six days of human history. You talk about uh, miraculous how all those, if you get into Googling against all odds, you can see uh, the different things that happened that show what a miracle was that they got Jerusalem back. It's a huge deal. Everything revolves around Jerusalem. If you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. You can go to the old city part of Jerusalem, and the devil's so stupid, he puts a mosque everywhere Jesus did something cool. Okay, there's a mosque right there. What happened right there? That's where Jesus was raised from the dead. There's a mosque over here. What happened right there? That's where the Mount of Ascension is. There's a mosque over here. What happened right there? That's where Jesus was beaten. The devil's so stupid, he thinks he can cover it up. All he did was give you a tour guide. You can go to the Temple Mount and the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount. It says in Arabic, there is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Why? There is a no Son of God. His name's Jesus. And he gave his life for us, and God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. So the Six-Day War, I don't have time to get into all of it, but I've told you the story, my favorite one, there's tons of them. My favorite one is the Egyptian army barreling down on Israel. Eighty-eight Egyptian tanks coming toward Israel. One Israeli cook said, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. This one uh, uh, Israeli cook climbs into a tank, figures out how to load shells into the turret. I mean, just instantly, he's like, he doesn't know how to do this. He gets into the tank, starts firing shells at 88 Egyptian tanks. Next thing you know, the Egyptian commander came out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest-ranking officer. And the Israeli cook said, highest-ranking officer? It's just me. He said, oh, no, it's not just you. The whole countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night, and we can't take it anymore. So a miracle happened. Jerusalem was won back. So Jesus is is helping us by showing us something in the natural that helps us know the timing. So it's not ethereal. It's not weird. It's not goofy. A city's won back, Jerusalem. And boy, you can see it coming right now, Jerusalem being a cup of trembling for all nations. Everybody wants to take Jerusalem away from Israel and make it an international city that doesn't belong to the Jews. That's what everything's going to be about all the way up to the tribulation. Take Jerusalem away from Israel. Okay, our... Oh man, I can't live to get into all this, but there's so much you can get into. Our Supreme Court a few years ago... You ready for this? The United States Supreme Court passed a motion and a law. First, it was same-sex marriage. Same day, they did same-sex marriage. Same day, they passed a law that if you're born in Jerusalem, you don't have Israel on your passport. And my, one of my buddies that's born in Jerusalem he says, well, well what, what, what do I put on my passport? I'm an Israeli. That'd be like saying if you're born in Washington, D.C., you're not an American. Now, see how insane that is? Because, see, the Bible says the Antichrist will do things. He'll try to change dates and times and history. The Palestinians this last year said that Big Ben in London belongs to them. That's insane. Turkey's president Erdogan said the Temple Mount in Jerusalem belongs to Turkey. He said, I'll call on all of Islam. We'll ascend to the Temple Mount and take the Temple Mount from the Jews. That's insane. So, see, that mentality is coming on the scene right now. It's just uh, uh, that they believe a lie. Because that's the antichrist's mentality. And you know what Jesus said about Lucifer? The truth's never been in him. He was a liar from the beginning. So you're watching that spirit come to the forefront. And we'll get to a little bit of stuff about the antichrist here in just a little bit. But it's so neat that Jesus is going to make it so easy for us. Now watch down at verse 29. Watch him make it super, super clear how close we are. Verse 29. He said, look at the fig tree, verse 29, he said, look at the fig tree, that's the nation of Israel, and all the trees, the prophetic nations around it. When they now shoot forth their bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. I like verse 31, he's pretty bold about this. Likewise, in the same manner, in other words, in the same manner, just as bold as you are when the trees begin to bud, watch what he says here. When you see these things, what things? Israel made a nation. Jerusalem one back. When you see these things come to pass, no. Circle the word no there in your Bible. No. He's not telling us this to wonder. He's not telling us this to sense. He said, when you see these things come to pass, no. Know what? Know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Well, that's cool. That's cool to know that it's nigh at hand. But look at the next verse. He he even gets even bolder. Not just nigh at hand. Look at verse 32. Verily, verily, I say unto you, this generation... What generation? The one that sees Israel regathered and Jerusalem won back. That generation will not pass away till all is fulfilled. So he's telling you right there, when you see those two events, you're the generation he's coming. Israel is regathered in our lifetime, 1948. Jerusalem was one back in 1967. Jesus said, you see those two, you're it. Tag, you're it. I hear people go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. <laughs> I hear people say, I'm not comfortable with that. It still doesn't matter. I mean, we, we are so blessed. How could we have possibly been on the planet just before the entrance of the king? We were talking about Anna and Simeon. Think about Anna and Simeon. They were divinely instructed. It's the cre- Hebrew word, crematazio means to be divinely instructed that they wouldn't see death until they saw the Messiah. Anna and Simeon kept going into the temple waiting to see Jesus you talk about an opportunity to get bummed out you go in the temple, no Jesus go on the next day, no Jesus go on the next day, no Jesus do doesn't even say how long they did it it implies they did it for years there came a day, though, Mary and Joseph came walking in, and there's Jesus right there. And, 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 and Simeon began to prophesy. The Holy Ghost that came on him and talking about the Redeemer of Israel and Redeemer for the world. Right there, the King of kings and the Lord of lords making entrance into the earth, putting on flesh that he would be beaten for us and die for us, that he would redeem us forever. Why? He's just about to come back. Hallelujah. So if they could have revelation, think you and I how we can have revelation. Because now, now, don't get mad at me. It gets people mad when you tell them you can tell when the Lord's coming back. Okay, so those two main signs are pretty big. But let's run through some of the others because I want to get a little further today. Let's, let's talk about some of the other signs that are so blatant. They're, they're pretty crazy you got the Hebrew language restored. Because God said just before the coming of the Messiah, I'll restore to them a pure language. 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now the whole nation speaks Hebrew. Google it. Nobody's speaking Hittite. Nobody's speaking Amorite. Nobody's speaking Canaanite. But you can hear them speaking Hebrew. I can't even do it, but I could try. (laughs) Perfect Hebrew. Eliyahu Ben Yehuda said, you know, we ought to be speaking Hebrew here. And the language is restored. you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. Wow, 18,000 airlifted in one day. C-130s went down into Ethiopia and brought, brought them out. It's the only time ever that on the manifest of the plane, it said 180 passengers, and when they landed, there was 187. Seven babies were born on the airplane. <laughs> Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Listen, when CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you better lift up your heads. The Lord's coming back. Come on. Seriously, he said, in exodus, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Read it. The book of Exodus was a pretty good exodus. Yeah. I mean, hello, the waters of the sea were congealed. They walked over on dry ground. And I like what the other brother used to tell Brother Hagin. Well, they just found out that the water was only ankle deep. It was even more of a miracle if the whole army drowned in ankle deep water. Anything to try to discredit the Bible. So you have all these tangible signs. I mean, you have the revival of the Roman Empire. You you have the United States of Europe, the platform for the Antichrist. Google it today. Look at their Capitol building in Strasbourg, France. France is a big deal. We'll get to Macron here in a minute, but France is a big deal. Okay, the Capitol building, it's not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. It's that system, the art out in front of the building is a molecule of iron because Daniel saw iron and clay. The the interior of it is just like all these markings from Nebuchadnezzar. It's that system that says we don't need God, we'll be our own gods. You should read their manifest. It's Lucifer. So that's happening right before our eyes. Their money has the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. It's crazy. Now, we'll get to Macron for a minute. This is another sign because there's so many other cool signs. The president of France right now. His name is Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He's part Assyrian, part Jew. He went into Lebanon a few months ago, kind of as a savior trying to bring peace. Went into Baghdad, Iraq, as a savior trying to bring peace. Last week, he took up for Israel because all these human rights organizations are trying to say that there's been all these, that Israel's doing things wrong and calling Israel an apartheid state. This guy came to Israel's uh, 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 defense. He even looks like the guy in the Left Behind series that plays the Antichrist. (laughs) I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, but if he's not, he missed a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, but we won't know him until we are gone. I mean, we, he's not revealed until we leave, but he's sure doing a pretty good job as a forerunner or one that's going to be like that. But let's bust through some of all the signs because that's not where I want to stay this morning. I want to keep moving into some more stuff this morning, so hang with me. So you have all that stuff. Jerusalem went back. Israel made a nation. Language restored. Ethiopian Jews brought back. You got the fertility of the land of Israel. 120 years ago, Mark Twain was there. He said the land is so desolate it won't support life. Yet Israel produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. What if you ate a pear this morning, made New Jersey? Ate an apple, made New Jersey. Wow. Uh, Ate a banana, made New Jersey. What's up with New Jersey? Israel's the size of New Jersey, yet it produces 90% of the fruit for all of Europe. It overproduces. Hallelujah. You could get into all the stuff about that. They found more oil in the Golan Heights than all of Saudi Arabia put together. <laughs> God just says, look, I'll take care of my people. Don't worry. Hallelujah. So this is a cool. Let's run through some of the ones that happened just recently. You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. That's a big deal. That's Lamentations 5.18. You had fish show up in the Dead Sea. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. Six weeks ago, you had... In the Dead Sea, turned blood red right where Sodom and Gomorrah were. That's kind of crazy. What's even crazier, guess what day it was on? The Day of Atonement. So you got the Dead Sea where Sodom and Gomorrah was turning blood red, showing you that Jesus even, even covered Sodom and Gomorrah with his blood. That's pretty radical. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. Start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. So you got sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. You have 172 different species of predatory birds that start showing up because the cleanup crew's there now. After the Ezekiel 38 war, God calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later, he calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up again at the Battle of Armageddon. So you've got birds there ready to, to do it. You have the Temple Mount Institute. Their last name means Cohen, means priest. They're ready to start having sacrifices. They have everything ready. They had a sacrifice last year on the edge of the Temple Mount and weren't arrested. You know why they weren't arrested? The year before, they were arrested because they're not supposed to do it yet. The, The chief of police got born again. He said, I know you guys are supposed to be doing sacrifices and let them set up a makeshift altar right there at the edge of the Temple Mount. I saw the, saw the video of it. I'm like, oh, my God. So they're pushing for what's going to happen after we're gone. So, okay, if birds can get in position, if fish can get in position, if the Temple Mount Institute can get in position, if, all these, if Russia is in position coming into Ukraine, taking over Crimea, all these groups are getting in position, what's the church doing? Is the Lord really coming soon? Is it, should I really be doing something exciting? We should, we should be freaking out we're about to see Jesus. <laughs> we should be running our race, absolutely not fitting church into our life. It is our life. Because yeah, we're busy. Everybody's busy. So right before the coming of the Lord, you want to be... We were talking about scratching that itch. You, you can only buy so many ski boats. You can only buy so many fishing boats. You can only buy so many trips. There's nothing that's going to scratch that itch other than hearing the word. The word being taught from your local church does something on the inside of you. It fills a void that you have when you're not hearing the word. You know when you haven't been feeding them on the word, you're weak I mean, you're distraught. I had a, gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Had a buddy of mine in California. He brought more people to the church out there than anybody ever seen. He brought visitor after visitor after visitor. They'd all get born again. But he'd come to church once every five months. You know what I told him? He's a great guy, great, wonderful guy. He's a good friend of mine. He worked on my old Land Rover. Uh, just everything that went wrong with that Land Rover, He, he bailing wire. We had rubber bands holding everything together on that truck. I'd say, hey, Dave. His name's Dave. I said, Dave, you come to church once every five months. I said, feed a baby once every five months. His growth would be retarded. I said, you're spiritually retarded. Well, that went over real good. I think I'll do Elvis right there. Here we go. Haven't done Elvis in a while. No, no, there's something about hearing the word right before the coming of the Lord. If you're going to run a race, how many of you, well, this will bless you. How many of you would eat carbs before the race? How many runners do you know, give me some kale so I can finish this race? No, you don't want kale if you're going to be a marathoner. You want some carbs. You need some spiritual strength right now because when you go to work, people aren't telling you greater is he that's in you than he is in this world. I'm overfeeding myself the word all the time right now. I think of my mother getting mad, and she'd go, you confess the word tonight? No. She'd go, you confess the word. She'd make me confess. I delight myself in the Lord. He calls me to ride on the high places of the earth. I delight myself in the Lord. He gives me desires of my heart. I trust the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. He directs my path. In his pathway, there is light. And there is no darkness at all. Mm, the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. You speak the word, and the word will come to pass in your life. We're getting ready to exit the planet, go to the reward seat of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb, and then come back with Jesus and reign on the earth. Now, hang with me. You'll have an oversight in certain areas of the earth, and you'll judge accordingly because you've learned how God thinks according to his word, not according to your feelings. God's so smart to raise up overseers that don't have to rule by feeling. I feel good, feel bad. No, no. You rule by the character of God and his word. He's ingenious that He taught a whole generation the Word. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Let's go a little further. Everybody with me just a little bit? Okay, so we, these are all signs of the second coming. The rapture of the church, we go up to meet the Lord in the air. At the second coming, we bodily come back down with Him. You're going to ride on white horses. How cool. I guess during that seven-year period, we go to the reward seat of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and horse flying school. I mean, I, I couldn't, I mean, just think of someone jumping into a helicopter, you know, you fly airplanes, you know, could you imagine jumping into a helicopter? Oh, hey, how do we do these ailerons? How do we do all this? It'd be kind of weird. You're about to get on a white horse and fly from heaven down to earth. How cool is that going to be? And the brightest light you've ever seen in your entire life is going to be the brightness coming out of the face of Jesus. He's going to be leading the charge. At the second coming, the Bible says there's, there, the stars don't give their light tomorrow. all. The, 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 they'll fall from heaven. The galaxies unfold. And Jesus comes out of heaven, and we're right there behind him. All the inhabitants of the earth are going to hit their knees and so say, He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How wild is that? So we have all these signs. I'm skipping over a bunch of them, but they're signed, after signed, after signed, after sign. After sign, after sign. Uh, I like the one, men will be lovers of themselves. We have selfie sticks. I was in Los Angeles last year. I saw a guy with two selfie sticks, almost got hit by a car, taking photographs of himself with two selfie sticks, with two cameras. He almost got hit because we're obsessed with taking more photographs of ourselves. How weird is that? I call it the Seinfeld generation. I've talked enough about myself. Now you talk about me. (laughs) So you're watching all these verses come to pass right in front of our eyes. So there's sign after sign after sign. You can get into all of them. But then you had signals. You had the blood-red moons. You had the Bethlehem star. You got the heavens declaring the glory of God. I mean, how crazy is that? So, So you had Pluto come this last week. You got so much stuff that it's hard to even get into all of it. You had the largest galaxy ever found two weeks ago. The largest comet ever found two weeks ago, you have an asteroid that's going to hit in 2029. They named it Wormwood. Why? That's a big deal. That's in the Bible. I was preaching in the Ukraine. It said the word Wormwood and people gasped. This is 30 years ago. I said, what's the deal with Wormwood? It's the word Chernobyl. So the, the, the NASA said, you'll be able to see Wormwood in 27 and 28. So on the earth... People will be able to look at it coming two or three years ahead of time, and it's such a wake-up call for the Earth. So NASA even changed their site for asteroids because there's so many asteroids. Why am I saying that? Because you've got, you got blood-red moons, you got Bethlehem Star, you got asteroids, you got Wormwood, you have all this stuff, along with all the other tangible signs in the Bible. In my book, it's like 80-some-odd signs. It's crazy. We're so blessed, so privileged that we're it. So what does that mean about us? we got to run faster than every generation. On a relay race, they always put the last runner fa- the fastest on the last leg. So God looks at you and says, man, they're quicker than the book of Acts. They're quicker than the dark ages. You're going you're to pinch each other when you get to heaven and go, wow, we were on the planet just before God came back to the planet. Wow. Okay, I want to do some chronological stuff because I don't normally get to do it like this, but let's do it for a little bit. Look, we can do it. We can do it. In Jesus' name, help us, Lord. How many glad you came today? How many glad you're here and not in jail? Come on. All right. That usually gets just about everybody. Cool. Let's go over to First Thessalonians and look at the next event for us, the church. We'll, we'll go through just a little bit of this because I won't keep you that long. I want you to come back tonight. Have I ever preached too long here in your church? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Go to, uh, did I tell you where to go? First Thessalonians. That's a good place to go. This is something that's pretty cool because Paul, it's his first letter written to the church. What was the theme of the book? Coming of the Lord. And then you get into Second Thessalonians and he said, remember, while I was with you, I told you these things. He talked about the rapture, the antichrist, and the second coming. Now, I would have thought Paul would have said, you know, you're a new creature in Christ, which he does at the church at Corinth, but at the church at Thessalonica, he tried to show them some timing. Why? Nero was taking Christians and burning them. He would dunk them in oil and set them up on the street, and they were night lights for the streets. Christians were. So they said, well, we have to be in the tribulation because this guy's got to be the Antichrist. Paul said, don't worry. The Antichrist can't be revealed until you depart. You, you can't have the Christ and the Antichrist here at the same time. The Bible calls the body of Christ, Christ. What concord hath Christ with Belial? So you're, you're withholding him and suppressing him because you have so much authority. He gave the church all authority. That's why he has to take the church off the earth. or We would be dictating what happens during the tribulation. Because you don't have some authority. You have all authority. Hmm. If we got into that for a little while, it just so sets you free that you've got dominion. I remember, I've told you the story here. I'll tell it real quick before we get to the rapture. I was in Corbin, Kentucky, headquarters of the Kentucky Rite Chicken. This is before COVID, about seven years ago. They brought a woman in in a hazmat suit, two nurses in a hazmat suit, big yellow hazmat suit. And then one of the ladies had a virus. They said, "Will you pray for her. I said, sure, I'll pray for her. I said, but she's gonna have to take her helmet off. I said, oh, I no, can't do, it. it's too contagious. I said, she's gonna take her helmet off and she's gonna breathe on me and I'm gonna inhale. And when I do, she's gonna get healed and I ain't gonna get sick. I prayed for her. She breathed on me. I inhaled. She got healed, and I've been smoking cigarettes ever since. Praise the Lord. I'm just kidding. No, No, I haven't been smoking cigarettes. No, you have dominion. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and death. You can't help it. I can't help that he quickened me, he raised me, and he seated me in heavenly places. I had nothing to do with it. I can't help it that he made me perfect. I can't help it that he presented me holy, unblameable, and unreprovable on his side. I could be the stupidest, idiotic, most ill-advised, most witless, most brainless kid, but I'm still a son of God. (laughs) <laughs> amen. My friends call me the hangnail in the body of Christ. You can, be the, you can be the hangnail and you'll be all right. Praise the Lord. You're in. All right, quickly go to first Thessalonians. Let's run this for just a minute because I want to kind of kick over a couple sacred cows. Look at first Thessalonians chapter four. This is the next event for our lives. Verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So the teaching on the rapture of the church was to bring comfort. Why would it bring you comfort? You don't have to be here during the tribulation. The whole letter is written to show you you're not supposed to be here. It's not for you. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But this is amazing that there's so much weird teaching on the rapture. All it says here, I hear people go, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Actually, it is. It's the Greek word, the word harpazo means to be taken. Just like Elisha, uh, told, uh, they told Elisha, don't you know your master is going to be taken from you today? That's the word harpazo. It means to be snatched up. But the Latin word is raptur, rapture, rapture. So Paul says, here, don't worry. There's going to come a time where God's going to, the dead in Christ are going to rise. and you're going to, They're going to rise first. You're going to rise up to meet them in the air. And so shall you ever be with the Lord. Just like Enoch was raptured, handed off to Noah, Elijah was raptured, handed off to Elisha. The church will be raptured, handed off to, to the Jews, Israel. Just like when Jesus was raptured, he handed off to the church. So there's something about, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, remember the angels told a lot, I can't do anything here until I get the righteous out. So God's going to take the righteous off the earth. Just like this last, a few weeks ago in the Ukraine, what were the first people to be evacuated? They, they evacuated our embassy when they found out that Putin put tactical nuclear weapons there. They said, we better get the embassy guys out of here. So the ambassadors get taken out first. The first people to be evacuated the other day, ambassadors. For Israel, their ambassadors were evacuated. For the U.S., their ambassadors will be evacuated. We're the ambassadors for Christ. We'll be evacuated before the tribulation. I'm going to show you something here in a minute that proves you can't be here during the trib. Because I hear people go, well, there's mid-trib and post-trib. Well, you can't rectify everything if you do it like that because the church can't be here. You, you can't have the, the, the antichrist is the first seal. You can't that, have that be open if we're here because you withhold him, Paul said. You're so strong, don't you love it? That you're so strong, you can keep him from being revealed. If we had, we're going to get to heaven, we're going to see the throne, we're going to see Jesus thunder, the voice of God's going to thunder throughout heaven, you'll see the rainbow, and, and, and all that power and all that authority is in you everywhere you walked on the earth. We're going to be, how in the world do we tolerate any Mickey Mouse stuff? Amen. Because greater is he that's in you than he's in this world. Woo, Hallelujah. So, this event called the rapture, we get kind of weird about it because we have a tendency to think that we're going to be ethereal or weird. Especially the devil tells young people, you're all going to be, you're all just going to be floating around the room. No, you're going to have, you're going to have a glorified body. You have a brand new body. Why is this necessary? Remember there's seraphim in the Old Testament? They're at the throne of God. They're created to be at the throne. They circle the throne. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. But yet they still have to shield themselves from his glory. They're created to be right there at the throne. They have six wings, two wings that cover their face, two wings that cover their feet, two wings they fly with. They're created to be at the throne, yet they still have to shield themselves from his radiance. Remember Exodus 19, God said, Put a fence around the mountain, lest they even get near to gaze at me and die. Not because God's mad at them. He's just so holy and they weren't holy. It would be toast. How would you like to go, I go in and talk to dad and I can't see for six months. How weird would that be? You go in and talk to the father of God, come out. Well, here we go. What would you do? Well, you must have talked to dad. Yeah, dad's so bright I can't see. So God's going to get you a brand new body. The stain of Adam is about to be taken off of your body. This mortal is going to put on immortality. You'll never be tired again. You'll never gain weight again. Hallelujah. You'll never be bored. I mean, the devil tries to tell people it's just going to be boring. You'll never even, you'll never even be able to think of that word, boring. Man, you, you had not seen cool till you see the millennium. You had not seen a roller coaster until you see a roller coaster in the millennium. In a glorified body, do you want to go faster? Come on, absolutely. Let, let's go faster. It's going to be very, 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 very cool. So let's go to the Word for a minute. Let's think about what the Word says about your new body. Remember when Jesus was raised from the dead? He's on the road to Emmaus. I just absolutely think this is the coolest thing ever. They were beholden, the Bible says their eyes were beholden to who he was. He, he basically uh, didn't reveal himself to them. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. He's sneaky. So he's walking there with them. They don't know who he is. And the first thing he asks them, how come you guys are so sad? Because see, the Lord doesn't want you sad. He wants you happy. He goes, why are you guys so sad? They said, well, if you lived around here, they crucified my Lord. Our Lord. And they're talking to the Lord and don't even know it. And the Bible says he would have kept right on walking, but they constrained him to stay for dinner. So he sits down for dinner and takes them through the Old Testament. He shows them Christ in the Old Testament. Jesus physically sitting in their presence. He takes them through the Word. I would have said, hey, losers, it's me, but he didn't do that. He took them through the Word because, see, they didn't believe, they should have been out there by by the grave going, three, two, one, here he comes. But they weren't paying attention. So he has to help them pay attention by showing them him in the Old Testament. Then all of a sudden he broke bread and disappeared. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us? His words are spirit in their life. Man, so they went and told their buddies, we just ate with him. He's raised from the dead. And old Thomas goes, no, you didn't. You're crazy. (laughs) Thomas said, I tell you what, I don't believe that at all. Until I see the hole in his side, see the hole in his hand, I will not believe. Jesus walks right through the wall right when he says that. He goes, Thomas, st- stretch hither your hand, thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. He said, "My Lord and my God." And then they go, "He's a spirit," because that's kind of weird that you can walk through the wall. <laughs> I mean, how bizarre is that? He, he, they said, "He's a spirit." He goes, "No, no, handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see I have." So he's trying to show them he's normal. And then the first thing he said after that to show him he's normal, he said, "Do you have any meat?" He didn't say, do you have any broccoli? He didn't say, do you have any salad? He said, do you have any meat? He said, where's the beef? So in his glorified body, he could be touched, he could walk through the wall, but he still had an appetite. We have this weird idea that we're going to be floating around heaven playing harps. Most people, that's what they think. Hollywood presents our future is, here we go. What are you doing? If that's true, we'd be in harp class today. Pastor Mike, how many harps do you have? We have 700 harps. We're getting everybody ready. Woo! That'd be the weirdest thing ever. Wouldn't that be bizarre? I'm in class 87 on harps. No. The devil wants people to think that the Lord's weird. He's the coolest of cool. Mm. Man, You're, you can't even imagine how cool it's going to be to never feel fatigued. We can't even, we can't even wrap our brain around that. We'll be doing his bidding for eternity. So we'll get this brand new body. How cool is it going to be? We're going we're to be caught up. What we should talk about, though, because I want to try to combine some things. What we should talk about more than the rapture, because the rapture is real. And there's so many people preaching today, well, you know, h- how do you know you can go up? Look at the qualifications. Go to verse 14. You got your Bible there? Look at verse 14. He tells you how you're going to be raptured. Verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also would sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him? So the qualifications for the rapture is to be in Christ. You can't make yourself holy enough to go up. His blood makes you holy. It's just like salvation. And he takes all the the boasting out. You know, because I have friends, they'll they'll have one miracle and they walk like this. I call the Barney Fife anointing. One person gets healed, they'll go... They start, good to see you. They start walking like that. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I had somebody healed last week. Oh, yeah. It's It's like the one bullet deal. Seriously, Barney? Come on. No. It's not the donkey. Remember the donkey riding into Jerusalem? Check it out, man. Look at it all. No, it's not the donkey. He's riding on the donkey. So the rapture of the church, you qualify because you're in Christ. Now, here are all these people saying, well, if you're not in faith, he's coming back for a certain species, and if you're in that species, you're going up, period. Even if you don't want to, he's able to subdue even all things unto himself. The rapture is not about you. It's about him. He's coming back for his body that he paid for, and he wants his body back. I hear people go, I don't believe that. It don't matter. (laughs) Amen. I mean, when he says he's coming back for his body, he's coming back for his body. It'd be just like today, if I had one leg and I'm trying to preach on one leg, after a while, I'd be tired of hopping around. I want both my legs. The Lord's looking forward to being reattached to his body. So the rapture of the church, amazing how you could get into all this stuff about it. The sad thing is, and I'm not going to get into all of it because it just takes too much time, but the cool thing about this is when Jesus said of that day and that hour, no man knows, he was giving them code for, I'm coming back for you on Feast of Trumpets. Because you hear people say that, well, of that day and that hour, no man knows. He was basically telling them a three-day period when he's coming. Now, Hang with me. When he said that, what would happen on the Feast of Trumpets you would have the, uh, the, the Feast of Trumpets was on the 29.5th day of the month. and It was on a new moon. So the Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out and go, well, there's the new moon. There's, there's, the, there's the Feast of Trumpets. It means a Feast of Gatherings. So Jesus said, well, I, no man knows the day or the hour. He was going, wow, he's coming back on Feast of Trumpets. Why do I say that? Because I've interviewed lady after lady after lady in Israel. I said, okay, after you were engaged to your husband and you were betrothed, the man would go back to his father's house. They would build a honeymoon suite. The father would tell the son when the room is ready. The father would tell the son to go get his wife. So I I used to think that they're just remaining in a constant state of readiness. The ladies I interviewed said, they said, why would we put $500 worth of perfume on? It's going to be six more months. I said, well, how would you know when it was going to be? They said, word would come to us how far along the room is. When the room's almost done, no, it's almost time for him to come down. The father would tell the son, "Go get your bride." With a shout, he would go out to get her, and she would come out to meet him. She would know almost within a day or two. <laughs> so that, that just tells you—you'll know almost within a day or two when the rapture is going to be. You said, "Well, if I knew that, I knew when the rapture is going to be." That's exactly right, because Paul said, "You're not in darkness, so that day would overtake you as a thief." Now, see how quiet it gets when you say that? We're Bible people about righteousness. We're Bible people about healing. We're Bible people about prosperity. But when it comes to the coming of the Lord, don't give me Bible. You take your tradition and trump what the Bible says. The Bible says you, you are not in darkness that take you, overtake you as a thief. Hallelujah. I had a buddy of mine, he came up to me, he goes, <laughs> he's never opened his Bible ever. Good friend of mine, dear friend of mine. He goes, well, you can't tell when the Lord's coming back. So, whoa, 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 whoa. You've never cracked your Bible open, and you're going to tell me that I can't know when the Lord's coming? Because, see, he's gotten that through tradition. I wonder who would sow that tradition? Lucifer. Because Lucifer doesn't want you happy and hopeful. Because if he can keep you downtrodden, he can keep you depressed, you'll be thinking about yourself all the time. You'll never do anything for the kingdom. But if you find out you're about to see Jesus, you talk about, you talk about giving you a swift kick in the rear. You go, man, you're about to see the king. Well, I don't really care about that. Oh, okay, we'll see how that works for you. See, that haughtiness, that's why the tribulation is going to be coming, for that haughtiness that's in me. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. Well, the, we think of the tribulation of judgment, really it's the mercy of God to pressure people to get saved. Some people wait to the very end. My dad cursed God, mocked God his whole life. He got saved on his deathbed. He had a stroke. And boy, you talk about getting saved. He got saved just like that. It's sad that people will wait for the very end to get born again. I want to give you two things here, and we'll, we'll, we'll close here in a couple minutes. But there's this is it. I'm, I'm just saying this, we can't, when's the Lord coming back? We're there. I used to, I used to say, when you know, several years away, 10 years away, five years away, this is the first time I've ever been able to say, I'm looking at everything that's happening and we're about to be raptured. So I'm, I'm telling you that just to warn you, you're about to see the king. <laughs> Amen. Such joy, such strength, such mercy, such gladness to see the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I've never done this, so I'm gonna do this today. This is so fun. Jesus has appeared to me like eight different times. Okay? First time, he appeared to me, told me to preach on end times. <laughs> and I said, you know what I said to him? And now I'm crying like a baby. You know how you think of all the cool things you'll say to the Lord? You know, the Lord stands there and I'll I'm, I'm thinking, well, how come I didn't go? Can I get you a steak? You know, Abraham said, let me cook you a steak. Let me, you know, I'm bawling like a baby. I didn't even offer him a Diet Coke. I'm crying uncontrollably. He goes, he goes I won't I want you to preach on end times. I said, I don't want to do that. He said, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It's what you're supposed to do. So about th- three years later, he appeared to me again in a friend of mine's office. Oh, he's standing right there, white robe, olive green sash, and just the good, not critiquing the goodness of God coming out of him. I hadn't even preached what he wanted me to preach, and he didn't get mad at me. He could have said, hello, I told you to preach on this. He, just his goodness led me to repentance. And, you know, uh, I'm saying all this because I've never said this before in a service, but i will going tell you. I, every picture I've ever seen of Jesus, not one of them are even close to what he really looks like. But there's a place you can go today. You can Google. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. T.L. Osborne's meeting in Java, Indonesia. There were some witch doctors there to disprove him, to mock him. And they took some photographs of the thing. Jesus is standing right there in front of T.L. Osborne. One of the photographers took a picture of the crusade, and there's Jesus right there in the clouds. It's a flawless picture of Jesus. You can Google it today. T.L. Osborne, Java, Indonesia uh, uh, crusade. And you're about to see that. Because when you see his eyes in that picture, they're, they're like a flame of fire. Feet like undefined brass voice of many waters. There's not much we can do to get ready for this. You talk about adoration. You talk about about, about great worship. He died for us. Wow. So let's go into this other thing because I had two things I want to do. Turn over to Daniel. I want to give you something before we go to Daniel and I'll let you go. We'll come back tonight and we'll get into the seven sins of Sapphira. How's that? I'm just kidding. I joke about this and I act silly because it is so serious. I have to almost act silly because... It's, it's so, there should be connected to the coming of the Lord Such joy That's the number one thing that should be in your heart is joy In His presence is fullness of joy Indicating there's levels of joy So as you're going there to Daniel chapter 9 This is what we should be focusing on before we get to Daniel And that is the reward seat of Christ we know that all the signs of the second coming are here. We know that the next event for our lives is the rapture of the church. What we should be focusing on is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, I want to say this. That's a mistranslation. The word, we say that the judgment seat of Christ. You'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That scares me. You know what the word there is for judgment? is Bema, B-E-M-A. See, Lucifer's taught the church, it's going to be bad for you right after the rapture. You've got to go to that judgment seat. No, it's the reward seat of Christ. Not the judgment seat of Christ. The word Bema means reward. How many of you saw the Olympics this last, how many months ago was it, Maybe a couple months ago? Did you ever see any of the Olympic? Uh, maybe they got up on the podium to get their gold, silver, or bronze? Did any of them start? Oh, I'm not doing that. I can't get medals. I don't want to do that. No. They got up on that podium. They played the f- song from the national anthem from their nation, and they began to cry because they worked so hard to earn a medal. What's going to happen to you and I right after we're raptured? We're going to go to the reward seat of Christ. You're going to be standing there on this diocese. The fire of God's going to hit your life. Everything you ever did with the proper motive is going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. The thing you did with the wrong motive is going to be burned up right there. It's going to be consumed. Kahoof! You don't want to have a bonfire at the reward seat of Christ. You don't want to go, what was that fire? Oh, my gosh, that was Pastor Greg. We know exactly what it was. God, woof, That's what the. Wouldn't that be terrible to people talk about your bonfire? And what's amazing is all the things that you've done that are wood, hay, and stubble, they're toast right there. And you enter into the millennium with gold, silver, and precious stones. You adorn yourself with your, with your faithfulness. Wow. What's gold, what's silver, precious stones? Gold's your devotional life. How much you tell the Lord you love him? What's silver? The Bible says the tongue of the just is choice silver. Your words either encourage or discourage. Make sure every word comes out of your mouth lifts people up. Now this this is what's getting ready to happen to you. You're not going to be standing there with your wife. You're not going to be standing there with your husband. You're going to be standing there all by yourself. But it's not a scary thing. You'll never suffer humiliation. Jesus was humiliated for you. It's the reward seed he wants to bless you. Every time you did something that you didn't think anybody was watching, the Lord's watching. When you open the door for somebody, when you try to bless somebody, even the motive of your heart he wants to reward you for. That's what the reward seed of Christ is about, your motives. Did you do something for the Lord to be seen of men? How cool am I? Or did you do something because you love the Lord? Wow, the the priest would go in, the precious stones, he would go in before before the Father for the people. So this is what our next appointment is going to be. And you watch. You want to you have some silver and gold. Your, your, your jacket, your robe is going to have contrasting stitches. You'll have a stitch right here showing that you went to church on Wednesday nights. You'll have a stitch right here shows you went on Sunday nights. You'll have a, st- a thread right there that shows that you were faithful. There will be a thread right there that shows that you did what the Lord told you to do. Your robe will preach for you. During the millennium, you don't have to tell anybody what you did while you are on the earth. They'll look at your robe and tell. The, the thing below your robe will show what your vocation was. If you were a plumber, they'll go, watch out, you're a plumber. I can tell by that, by that lining right there. Just like in the military, I've never seen a general walk in and go, I'm a general. Check it out. Do you see the stars right here? No, a general doesn't have to preach to you. You know exactly those stars. I mean, he, he was faithful. And when, in the military, you have fruit right here over your chest. Your fruit's right over your heart. Your fruit preaches for you. Think of John Wesley. He said, give me 10 men that hate sin and love God, and I will change the world. Wow. Remember that preacher that was over in Africa, started 500 churches away from his family for all those years. Came back from South Africa, and he's on a boat. There's this huge ticker tape parade for an actor on the boat that had been on safari. And that preacher that had been away from his family said, Lord, you know, there's nobody here to meet me. And this actor that's been on safari, they're having a ticker tape parade for him. You talk about a greeting for an actor after being on safari. Massive ticker tape parade. All these people there to greet him after being on a safari. And that preacher said, there's nobody here to meet me. Because the Lord said, you know what? It's because you're not home yet. We ain't home yet. We're passing through, but you're about to go home. You're about to be caught up. You're about to be seized and go to heaven, and the first thing you're going to do is go to this reward seat. Everything you've ever done for him, you're going to be so glad you did because you're going to adorn yourself in that. I tell you what, during the millennium, you don't want to be wearing a Speedo bathing suit. My dad got saved on his deathbed. I'm going to be throwing robes at him. I'm going to go, Dad, don't even walk outside. you got nothing on, buddy. Come on. i mean. I mean, think about it. You'll be able to look at people and go, wow, they did the will of God. You won't be, you won't be embarrassed or sad. You'll, like John Wesley, I will not go, man, I wish I had a robe like John Wesley. No, you'll go look at John Wesley's robe. Wow. It'll preach for him. What you've done during this life will preach for you. Paul said, the day shall declare it. It will preach for you. So think about it. All the things that you've done that were unselfish will preach for you. Wow. All right, you got Daniel there? It took you a little while to get to Daniel. You got Daniel? Let's look at Daniel for just a second, then we'll close. Go to Daniel, and I might sing p- part of this, so I promise we'll get through this. No. Uh, this first part sounds really boring, but I'm going to get to the absolute coolest verses in the Bible. So just hang with me for just a couple more minutes, and we'll close. Look at Daniel 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, which was the son over whatever that is, which was the seed over the Medes, this is Daniel 9, verse 1, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I Daniel understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And, and Daniel goes, Man, I started praying, trying to find out what's going on. So, okay. Hang with me. They were in captivity for how long? Seventy years. Why? Daniel found out, went back to the books and found out they were supposed to let the land rest every seven years. You'd be so blessed at the end of sixth that it would carry you over into the seventh. How long did they fudge and plant on that seventh year? 490 years. So they owed the land back 70 years. This is how flawless God is. Okay, you missed it for 490. I'm going to make you go into captivity to pay the land back. They owed the land 70 years, okay? Okay. Thank God we live in the New Testament. Amen. <laughs> so go over to verse 23 and watch Gabriel give Daniel some information that is the most coolest words in the Bible here. We'll get to it, and then we'll close. Look at Daniel 9, verse 23. This is Gabriel talking to Daniel. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth. I'm come to show you that you're greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. He goes, okay, you missed it for 490. Watch this. God's going to give you guys another 490. Remember Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive somebody? 70 times 7, 490 times. So here Gabriel goes, don't worry, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, the Jews, and upon the holy city. Has nothing to do with the church. He goes, okay, you guys missed it for 490 years. God's so sweet. He's giving you another 490. Now watch what he does. He's going to break something down flawlessly cool. Okay, what's it for? Thy people, the Jews, the holy city, Jerusalem. What's it for? To finish the transgression to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, the seal of vision and prophecy, to anoint the most holy. Here we go. Here's the coolest verses right here. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah comes is going to be a certain amount of weeks. And I'm going to add them up for you so you don't have to add them up. Okay. Gabriel goes, okay, there's going to be a commandment to rebuild Jerusalem. We shall rebuild Jerusalem. Remember King Artaxerxes? He was talking to Nehemiah. Nehemiah's all bummed out. Why are you depressed? He goes, Jerusalem. Jerusalem's all overthrown. He goes, okay. There's going to be a proclamation to rebuild Jerusalem. And Gabriel says, when that proclamation comes, comes forth, the clock's going to start. And 483 years later, Jesus is going to come. Guess what? 483 years later, Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. They say, how are you, the Messiah? He goes, go tell him what you see and what you hear. Even John said, go ask him again because I'm getting ready to get my head cut off. Is he the one? And Jesus said, go tell him what you see and what you hear. But there came a time when he rode in on that donkey right there on that exactly 483 years later. He comes riding on that donkey and they put palm branches down. Hosanna, 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 blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They said, oh man, don't let them say that. You're admitting you're the Messiah. He said, if they didn't do it, the rocks would cry out. Because it was exactly 483 years from that commandment going forth. Well, God gave them 490. Jesus came after 483. He owes them seven years of old covenant time. That's the seven-year tribulation. Takes the church off the earth, repays them that seven years. Where you're living right now is right when God takes the church off the earth and repays them that seven years. It's called the tribulation. You had Russia... Six weeks ago, rebuild the arch for Baal worship in Palmyra. That's where the Tower of Babel was. You had Rabbi Exak Keduri prophesy right before the coming of the Messiah, Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins. This last year, Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz ruled Israel jointly because of COVID. You got sign after sign after sign after sign showing you Jesus is about to come back. He's about to take the church off the earth, repay them those seven years that he owes them. He gave them 490. He came after 483. Who's it for? The Jews. Has nothing to do with the church. So look at the season that you're in in the church, the very end of the church age. So everything. you don't want to make it sound so critical, but everything you do, just like in a football game, the first couple minutes of the game, you can drop the ball. But man, the last 30 seconds of the game, you don't want to drop the ball. The plays are more crucial. You can feel it, man. I get so mad watching college football when the quarterback's not watching the play clock. I'm like, hello, pay attention to the play clock. I start screaming at the TV. Colleen goes, Colleen goes, you're screaming at the TV? Yes, I'm screaming as loud as I can. Snap the ball. <laughs> Doesn't do any good, but I'm trying. You know, when Colleen and I got married... Now, I'm closing right now. Listen to this. When we got married, gosh, we, I can't remember how many bridesmaids she had. But they had a whole day of uh, getting ready, you know, getting their makeup on and getting all set up. So during that day, um, I had my best man bring Colleen a little gift uh, uh, that she wanted, you know. So my best man brought her a little gift. One of my best buddies was playing the piano in the backyard so Colleen could hear all the songs that she wants to hear. So the day that we're going to get married, I it to be special for her. So I get her this gift, have the piano playing. If I think like that, think how the Lord thinks about you. He's got some surprises for us, some wonderful things for us before we leave. And we're about to leave the planet. I'm not saying that to freak you out. We're about to leave the planet. So whatever you need to do, witness, talk to your family members. They may think you're crazy. Whatever. Who cares? Go for it. Give them all you can give them. Amen. You're the only Jesus most people ever see. Wow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We're amazed at your kindness. How? How could we have such a dad that doesn't have a split personality? It's not bipolar. Your goodness and your mercy endures forever. This morning, we thank you for your kindness. Your goodness that you died for us how could we be so blessed we love you we honor you we magnify you we surrender our hearts we surrender our lives this morning to do your will we bow our hearts in adoration to the king of kings and the lord of lords we lift you up jesus thank you for blessing every person that came thank you for the grace of god upon their lives thank you their households will be filled with peace and joy great joy have they that love thy, thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll say this before we go. I've heard people prophesy this. It would almost be like special faith on the church to the point that when you, you couldn't even get irritated at home. It would be hard to work up an agitation. Does that make sense? I mean, how weird is that? That would be such, a, such a, a, a special faith on the church that you couldn't even get irritated it'll be a foretaste of heaven. But Before we go, maybe there's someone here, you've never given your life to the Lord. What a cool thing to have a birthday just before the coming of the Lord to the earth. Maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll pray with you. With the uplifted hand, say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to get saved today. I want to give my life to the Lord. Anyone at all, if you're like that here today and you've never done it, I'm not going to call you down. I'm just going to pray for you. Anyone at all, you've never given your life to the Lord. Man, let's do it today. Don't put it off. You know when you need to do it. You know in your heart you, you need to ask him, what do you have to lose? It's the coolest thing ever. You get to live forever. Wow. Anyone at all. don't want to miss anybody. Hallelujah. looks like everybody's saved. sure appreciate you coming today. Let me give you one more invitation. You're here. I'm saved. You're, you're going to heaven. Thank God for that. You've given your life to the Lord, but you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Spirit. Is there anyone here? You've never done that. You've never had that Pentecostal experience where you, where you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Anyone at all? With the uplifted hand, say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to be filled with the Spirit today. Any, anyone at all? It won't take me in a minute. Anyone at all? Just lift your hand up. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. Good for you. There's two right there. Awesome. Thank you. Good for you. Who else? Who else wants to join those two? Don't want to miss anybody. <coughs> I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He loves you. You know, it's amazing. Jesus said you would be did with power, not weirdness. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not weird, it's power. Anyone else at all, you want to be filled with the Spirit. Never never done it before. Make a memory. Give the devil a black eye. Come on. Anyone at all. I know this. I've said all this about the coming of the Lord. And the Lord, he gets me. He gets me every time right before we leave. He, He wants you to know how much he loves you. Not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He He wants you so happy that that people think something's wrong with you. That's happy. He loves you, he loves you. Not mad at you. Not mad at you at all. Hallelujah. Man, if you could see the preparation that's going on the sides of the north right now. The preparation for the church, the body to come there. The dead in Christ, we're going we're to have a reunion like you've never seen before in your life. Wow. All the loved ones that have gone home to be with the Lord, you're about to see them. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Let's thank the Lord for just a second. I want to make sure you don't miss, miss a miracle. Let's thank him, then we'll go home. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Thank you for dying for us. We're in awe of your kindness. And, Father, we'll close in just a minute. And those two that raised their hand, we'll, we'll pray for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. with will have prayer, prayer, partner, prayer partners with them. They'll get baptized. Father, we love you. We honor you. We magnify you. We take this time in the service at the very end to lift you up, Jesus. We see you, Jesus, high and lifted up with your train filling the temple. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, someone's, the, the electrical system in your body's messed up. Don't even know what it is. Don't even understand it. Uh, uh, you're being healed. I think you will know what that is. And this other one is kind of odd, but you got pressure behind your eyes. I have no idea what that means, but you're healed. Lord, thank you for healing that person with the pressure behind their eyes. This other one's a little different, but you uh, you got damage in your bladder. Your bl- uh, bladder's got damage. Just receive it. Take it. Lord, thank you for taking care of their body. Thank you for taking care of their body. (coughs) Thank you, Jesus. One other one is maybe common, blood flow to your extremities. You got a restriction of your blood flow to your extremities. Man, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for healing that person. Amen. Thank you for doing that, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Sure appreciate you coming today. We'll come back tonight, and we'll get into a little bit more. It is overwhelming. There's so much going on, but it's super, super exciting. Amen. Man, I, I, look at your building. Look how full you are. I believe you'll uh, overflow and helicopter pad will be on the roof. And, uh, Pastor Michael will come flying in a bat suit coming through the back. I don't know. It'll be crazy. <laughs> Won't that be cool? Let's just do it all right here for the coming of the Lord. Have a wonderful uh, Sunday afternoon. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Amen. Give, give Pastor Mike a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Pastor Mike.